Welcome to Sneaker Dads. I'm John Ratner. I want to thank everyone for the ongoing support. If you haven't listened to episode 27, it was a Wear Everything edition with Alex, a.k.a. Suji Cyperson. I also want to thank everyone who bought a Sneaker Dads hoodie. It means a lot that people want to represent. I have some other gear in store that should be ready in a few weeks, so keep an eye out. This week's guest is someone I believe I first started chatting with back in the day on the ASICS New Balance and Sock Me Facebook group. Seems like a long time ago. David Blackman, who you can find at JustDave, J-U-S-D-A-V-E-3 underscore 2 on Instagram, is the creator of the Ivy Brand Apparel Company. He's a sneaker dad and a sneaker writer as well. He's also one of the hosts of Run the World Discussions, which is available on various podcast platforms and YouTube. We have a lot to talk about, so let's get into it. Dave, welcome. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. Thanks for finding some time. I think we're both on uh, kid pickup duty today. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do the I do the afternoon pickups uh, every day, so it's uh, it's always nice to have a little break to you know have a sneaker conversation in between that. <laughs> yeah, we did one the other week. I think it's coming up on uh, on one of your platforms. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely cool to uh, to get get a little break from the day and uh, from our driving duties and our and our other career duties. But uh, I want to talk about all things you're up to now. But first, can we kind of take it back and hear about where and when you first got into sneakers and kind of what did it for you? Um, sure. Like, I I think um, I think my intro to sneakers is very like cliche, just in terms of you know when I was growing up didn't have a lot of money and so you know I didn't get a lot of sneakers I would get like you know the one pair a year and you know that that was that was rough for me um I you know my my sister was very fashion forward but she was much older and she you know so she worked and had a lot of money so she was able to buy things that like you know I could never really afford and I'd get like really cool outfits from her but I would never get shoes and so you know I'd get like the one pair a year and I'd have like a really low limit like you know $60 or $70 so I'd always end up with you know a pair of like Reebok classics or something like that and um you know it was really rough a couple of years where you know, my mom couldn't afford to buy me a pair of shoes. So like, I remember starting seventh grade and having to wear shoes with like holes in the front of them for the first couple of weeks of school. And that was really like traumatic for me. So like, you know, as like, um, as I grew up and as I, you know, started to work and earn my own money, like the first thing that I really invested in was, you know, buying my buying myself shoes and buying, making sure that I had like two to three pairs on deck. Um, so that I was never in that predicament again. And so, um, you know, I think it fell off while I was in college, but then once I graduated and came back into, you know, money and was able to work and, you know, buy a house and, you know, got a really, really good job. So I was able to start, you know, jumping back into the, into the foray as, as, as it is so you know 
basically that just, you know, it's always been there. It just sort of died down a little bit, you know, during college and when I didn't have my own money to sort of pursue things. So, you know, that was, you know, that was the, that was the, you know, the, the thing that sort of pushed me, pushed me away from sneakers and then also brought me back was just the ability to, to be able to buy them on my own. You know, it's funny you talk about that time in school where everyone wants a new pair and, you know, being sneaker connoisseurs now and having kids that we may buy sneakers for and, and maybe influencing them. It's, it brings to mind that, you know, it's hard, probably hard to find a kid who doesn't want a new pair of sneakers in school. You don't have to have a parent who is a sneakerhead. You know, you know, you maybe want new clothes, you maybe want a new backpack, but I wonder how it ranks above the non-sneakerhead. You don't have a sneakerhead parent. You, you're just a regular kid, average kid who doesn't pay attention to what, what your favorite basketball player, just where do sneaker rank, sneakers rank, even, even put, putting in putting aside how important sneakers are in, in culture today. It's just like how, how high and it's gotta be up there because I don't know what it is. I guess, I guess you gotta get around the playground. You gotta, you gotta be comfortable, <laughs> maybe not even looking good. It's just that it's just, I just wonder if it's the first thing kids think about these days or not. I think the new shoe mentality, like, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing more empowering, I think, for a lot of people, not just sneakerheads, like you said, um, as putting on a new pair of shoes. Um, you know, it's literally stepping in to like a new, a new you, a new, a new world. Like, you know, you're experiencing things completely differently now. Um, and I remember when I was a, when I was a kid, and I did get a new pair of shoes um, because it was so rare. You know, I remember like running through the mud or like walking in snow or, um, you know, ha getting my shoes wet and walking in the house and like looking down and seeing the outline of the shoe and it being like totally different. And like that being like one of those like, oh, that's so cool because I got like a new pair of shoes now. Like and, you know, getting used to, hey, this, you know, this, you know, all of the details in the, you know, in the south, in the and the outsole are totally different now. And so, you know, it did kind of feel like you were a new person, like, you know, in some small way. And so I feel like, you know, everyone can sort of relate to that in, in some in some capacity. Yeah, and the jacket comes off, the seasons change, the backpack gets thrown down, you know, when you come home from school with the sneakers, especially if you're getting one pair a year, they stay with you. There's really not, yeah. there's no, there's no separating you from it unless, unless you're coming in the house and your mom or dad's telling you to get them, take them off. <laughs> Otherwise, they're, they're, they're a piece of you. Um, you talked a little bit about uh, those early days and kind of when you got up to college, kind of go back to what sort of happened after that, when things I don't know if things picked up significantly right away or it's been a more gradual thing, but was it the sort of, you know, making your own money and then, uh, and then, uh, and getting, getting more into it type of thing? Um, well, it was, it was more like a specific pair and, um, you know, the bread 11 for me has always been sort of like the shoe, you know, I think for all of us, there's always like that shoe. And so for me, you know, in high school, I remember when Jordan wore the 11s, um, the Concord 11s were cool. You know, I even remember like the Space Jams, but for me, it was always the bread. It was just something about that combination of black upper, you know, that black um, patent leather upper. And then, you know, that that bright red sole like that 
I don't know, it's just it's so iconic and it's so, it's just so mesmerizing, you know? And so like, it stuck with me and, you know, I have had this like hit miss with, with the bread 11s ever since high school. You know, I worked at Champs for a little while and, you know, I had a pair on hold for me that they ended up selling. And so, you know, I didn't get a chance to own it when it came out while I was in high school. So, you know, when it came back and when they came back in 2012, um, I believe it's 2012, you know, I was, I was working a job and, you know, I was like, oh, I gotta, gotta try to get, try to get a pair, you know, and I went to, you know, the mall and, you know, the line was like ridiculous. And, you know, I wasn't, I was never like a camp out kid. Like I'm not like the stand in line type of person. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I appreciate it and all of that, but you know, I always felt like I had more important or more, you know, more pressing things to do with my time than stand in line for a pair of shoes. Um, even though I do really like care for them. So, um, I, you know, I tried multiple ways, you know, I was on East Bay. I was doing everything to try to get a pair back then. And I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't find a pair. I couldn't get a pair. Um, and I had no connections. I didn't know anyone like really in the sneaker community. Um, and someone that I was working with at the time actually had a hookup and he didn't actually, you know, get me the bread 11s, but he got me a pair of the Chicago ones from, from 12 and, um, horrible quality. But like that, was sort of like the first <laughs> the first delve back into the sneaker into the sneaker realm when I was you know when I was um you know working like my first real legitimate job and so um it it was slow at first you know it was just Jordans you know okay I saw these Jordans I wanted that I wanted every pair of Jordans and then like you go a little bit crazy and um I realized, man, these suck. These are uncomfortable. Like, I'm not going to wear these all the time. I get a pair of fives and I was like, I'm just going to wear fives. And like, I wore, I wore them and I'm like, oh man, these hurt. These are horrible. What am I doing? And like, you know, and then, you know, I, I kind of like fell into Ronnie. Like Ronnie Feig was like, you know, he was dropping ASICs and, you know, this connect that I had sort of bonded with was like hey you know you got to try out some asics like they're gel light three and gel light fives are like amazing and so you know i ended up buying a pair of gr gel light threes to try them out and and it was it was like you know it was like next level next level comfort you know um and so it just it just sort of snowballed from there you know and then the next thing i was off into you know i was into puma and then sock and he came and Theodora and you know then it was just you know it was it was intriguing and interesting because you know where I grew up I it was all Jordans it was all Nike and so it it was it was it was all the same but at the same time like I was never that type like I wanted to be in but I I just also wanted to be different right like I I didn't want to I didn't want to I wanted to be part of the in crowd, but I didn't want to be so part of the in crowd that I just faded away. So, you know, the running, the runner scene was just something that offered this uniqueness and this, you know, this beauty of design and 
materials and comfort and storytelling that, you know, it was, it was being a part of this eager community, but also being very unique. You know, you're, you're not one of 150,000 or one of 500,000. You buy a Jordan one, you're one of, you know, 2,500 or you're one of a thousand or one of 500, you know, like when I went on the Diodora run, it was like, you know, I was getting the, I was into the All Gone series for a while. Um, and, you know, they were one of 500. And, you know, it's, it's different to have a shoe that's one of 500 versus one of 500,000. It's totally different. And, you know, I felt like that uniqueness was something that was really like a strong identifier for me. It was something that really um, helped pull me in. And I thought, you know, I wish, you know, I liked, I liked being a part of such a, a tight community, you know, where you knew the other people that had the other pairs, you know, or at least a portion of the pairs, um, as opposed to like, oh, I'm just like that other guy from down the street that gets every Jordan, like, you know, so that, I mean, that's really sort of how it like snowballed and, you know, it just kind of catalyzed. Um, and I've slowed down, but, you know, I've, I don't know. I, I, I think that I still have that feeling of like, Hey, I want to have something that's unique and special in different ways. And so, you know, that's, that's what keeps me, keeps me drawn in. You know, I agree with you a lot of what you said in terms of the attraction of runners and, and kind of what lured me into them. Uh, and, and I think, you know, some of those Facebook groups, when you talk about people and kind of knowing, knowing, you know, when there's a limited run of sneakers, who has a, a good chunk of the pairs? Cause a couple of guys say, Oh, I have them or, or girls. And say, I have, them. and you know, you can kind of figure out, you know, especially in your size, sometimes even, you know, it's not, it's not unheard of to track down to know, I mean, if you're that serious to know who has all the pairs in your size, if there's a, if there's a really rare shoe that say maybe there's 10 of one size or less, it's like, okay, yeah. this, I know who to target with my DMs. And, and, uh, <laughs> and I think it, it traces back to Facebook, but, uh, or earlier, but uh, around the time you're talking about where, where's when I, I think we connected, but I, I, I don't have a, a good enough memory. You mentioned a couple of uh, brands actually before, before I, I want to say, you know, we, everyone talks about the current, culture and you know maybe young people a little bit I don't want to pick on them maybe wanting to look like their friends and not wanting to stand out and maybe there's the sort of herd mentality and fortunately in that respect the brands are pumping out tons of different silhouettes and tons of colors so it's hard it's hard to dress the same as someone because there's so much out there but people still seem to want a lot of people still seem to want the same thing but maybe runners are, are the answer maybe you know finding uh, you know you know, we had some pickup in, in New Balance popularity, a lot of it, and maybe some of the other running brands will uh, will gain traction too. And then some of that individuality will will come out. But um, but back to brands, I mean, you mentioned a few. What are some of your favorites? Are, are you still a, a consider yourself a runner guy? I know you have Jordans, but uh, well, what are some specific models or even sneakers that you just, you just, you just love? Um, yeah, like I, I, you know, I love, I love runner models. Um, you know, A6 is, is great, even though I haven't really picked up a lot of them more recently. Um, not as, you know, not as much as I had in like 2013 or, or 2014 or 2015. Um, 
I would say, you know, it's it's ASICs, Saucony, New Balance. Um, those are really the three main brands for me. Um, Diodora used to be really big. I used to be really big on Diodora and, you know, I kind of had a falling out with them, <laughs> like personally, um, I, I did. And, you know, I still love the Jordan 1. Like I pursue Jordan 1s um, if I can. And, you know, I kind of fell a little bit into the dunk world. You know, I picked up two or three, but, you know, that's not really my scene. I'm not really a dunk guy. Um, I, I'm not really into Air Maxes beyond the 97. Um, I love the Air Max 97. There's a lot of models though, or there's a lot of colorways of it. And so it's just been one of those things where it's kind of, I feel like it's lost its luster a little bit to me. Like I love the silver bullet. Um, when they did the gold rendition, that was, that was awesome. But like, other than that, I'm just not a, I'm not a big Air Max person. Um, when I was in high school and, you know, when I was working on my own before I went to college, like that was the go-to was like Air Maxes. But now, um, again, it just, you know, it feels less special, but yeah, Saucony, um, I, I'm really, I'm really a big fan of Saucony, you know, their, their silhouettes, the jazz, um, I think they're doing some really interesting things this year. The Jazz 81 that they brought back, the Jazz Court, which is really like a great, great new model. Um, I love their shadows, the Shadow 6000 especially. Um, Shadow Master, really great. New Balance 997, 991, 1500s. Um, I went on like a small 1500 run this year. Um, just going back and there's a lot of them under retail. And I love to find gems under retail. Like that's my thing is, you know, if I can get it for less than retail, like I will, you know, I'm more likely to pursue that. Um, Cause I feel like there's less appreciation for that. And so, you know, that is something that kind of draws me in. And then the ASICs, the gel light three. Um, I <laughs> it's funny. Like I said last year, this time, like, Oh, I think I'm done with the gel light three. Like they're, they haven't done anything really great, really special, but, you know, they did. They did some cool stuff last year, and, you know, I ended up picking up four or five pairs of them when I, you know, had kind of thought maybe I'm done with it. Like, I don't need any more pairs, but then, you know, Ronnie is like a wizard. He just <laughs> sort of does something, and you're like, man, I got to get one. Okay, I got to get one. So, like, I picked up two, two from him, and, you know, I think – I think, you know, that there's always a place in my heart for the Gelite 3, even though um, I I don't think it's my favorite model, but it's one of those ones where it's always intriguing to see, you know, who's doing what on it. And if Ronnie's going to do something, then it's going to it's going to attract my attention. Yeah, we were sort of waiting for some big uh, anniversary kind of excitement, and and a few things happened. And I know Ronnie did did some things with the uh, with the palette and things, but uh, and uh, and you know might have dropped a nice pair, and you know the, they were trickling, but definitely not making the kind of noise New Balance did, but definitely doing their own doing their own thing and and keeping keeping the A six heads sort of 
uh, afloat in terms of people who want to buy buy new stuff. Yeah. I, I I think I probably sold more Asics in the last couple of years, but I definitely held on to a good good amount of Gelite threes and some fives and a couple other models. And and what's nice, you know, we talk about other brands bringing back older models and silhouettes. I, I think Asics does a good job of that too. They might not get the attention, but you can always find you can always find these these older models, Cayennes and all sorts of other runners and and things like that out there. And, and often you can get them for below retail and kind of do that kind of hey not everyone has this type of vibe because uh, <laughs> yeah, asics definitely isn't 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 there yet but uh, i think people like you and me who who've been been there and others who've been there even longer you know it's tough not to stay loyal to asics i mean they haven't they haven't really done anything wrong they're just they're in their kind of own lane right yeah yeah definitely um, I, my wife loves the Asics, uh, the Gel 83s. I got her the uh, kimonos, and, and she loves those. And, and she's trying to, uh, she's trying to find the denim ones. She's trying to find a, a new pair. I'm trying to find a new pair, and I got her running in the uh, in the reigning champ um, Gel Nimbus 22. So she's got a couple pair of Asics, but uh, I haven't I haven't found <laughs> the next pair, which is uh, my transition into the family. Um, you have a daughter and a wife. What do they think of your love of uh, sneakers? Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's love hate. Like, you know, my wife understands it. She's not like anti sneaker. She like she likes, you know, I think, you know, we both have an appreciation for fashion and, um, you know, cool clothing and things like that. Um, she's not necessarily into sneakers, but, you know, I have picked up a ton of cool stuff for her. Like she has, you know, the the naked ASIC gel like five, loves those. Uh naked's uh ultra boost, the uh the 1.0, um, that seafoam green. She has a pair of gel like three she wears consistently. They're like purple, purple toe GRs. Um she she has a she has a few gems. She has like uh, you know, the Comme des Garcons Converse. She has infrared sixes. She has space jams. She has Air Jordan ones. She has a New Balance 990 V5. I got her uh, Saucony Endorphin speeds over the summer. And, you know, she swears by them. She runs in them every weekend, loves them. Um, I mean, I think, you know, that a lot of the stuff that I... I like, I try to share um, my daughter as well. I don't buy as much for my daughter because I, I, I want her to, I want her to like sneakers, but I want her to appreciate them organically. I don't want it to be like this thing where she's always given something and then, you know, later on in life, she has this sort of like expectation that it's either there or she's the other way where it's, um, because she was so bombarded with sneakers as a kid that she has like, I don't care about sneakers at all. Um, and so like, you know, I'll buy her a pair randomly and she really gets into it. Um, I bought her a pair of like club C's from Reebok recently and she was so psyched and she's like, you know, walking around the house with them, you know, brand new. Also bought her a pair of uh, Zig Kineticas from Reebok. And, you know, we're going to teach her how to, you know, tie her own shoes with those. Um, I think 
the the difficulty with my daughter too is also that you know the school that she goes to or just the age that she's at you know they require that there's no like tie shoes like everything has to be like a strap or you know um laceless and so you know that that's really difficult because not a lot of shoe companies make laceless shoes or or strap shoes in her size um so any brands that are listening, you know, you could definitely, you know, try to make some more shoes that like don't require like, like real laces. Um, I don't know. If, I mean, I'm sure six year old, there are six year olds out there that tie their own shoes, but predominantly, um, I don't think it's like a, a big trend for, for them to be tying their own shoes yet. And so um, that makes it difficult for me because there's a lot of stuff that I really want to get her, but I'm just not going to go through you know, the, the whole not having, not having the ability to tie it yet. Um, but yeah, she gets excited about shoes. And I think, you know, we kind of share the sneaker, the sneaker love. And, you know, it's funny because now she starts to notice things that I wear, or she'll notice things that other kids wear. Um, and she'd be like, dad, this, you know, um, Brandon had on this color sneaker today, or, this color or, you know, Maya's sneakers light, light up, look, look, look. And like, you know, or like I'll come and pick her up and like, obviously every day I wear a different pair of shoes and she's like pointing them out to the teachers, <laughs> to the other students, like, look at color, look, look, my dad's wearing pink shoes today. <laughs> and like, you know, I, um, I came to pick her up in a pair of Saucony Jazz Azura 2000s and you know, in December. And I I will distinctly remember this probably for the rest of my life. And she was like, Dad, I really like those shoes. Those are dope. I want a pair. And like, <laughs> that was like, you know, ultimate like dad geek moment where you're like, oh man. Unfortunately, they don't make a pair in, in her size, but like, it was so cool to have her like really appreciate my pair. And like, we got home and she's like telling my wife like, oh, did you see daddy's shoes? I really like daddy's shoes. I want a pair like that. <laughs> you know, you mentioned them discovering things themselves and you're not know, pushing it on. I feel the same way. And it's, it's cool. And they just, they just like something, you know, on, on its, on its own without being influenced. But I guess, I guess the, the influence we want to have is to make them just appreciate things, whether it's, whether it's shoes, whether it's fashion or just anything that someone gives them. Right. And, and, and be, mm -hmm. and treat it, treated as if you know they understand that maybe maybe not everyone has it and i always tell my kids that but uh, one thing about my wife you know uh, the mistake you could call it a mistake or, or maybe she does it on purpose is when she compliments me and says those are really nice because then my trigger goes off in my head it's like, <laughs> now i'm looking for a size seven size seven and a half that's what happened when uh when, when she commented on my running shoes and she was wearing an old pair of flying heads that, that, that just were, were bottomed out for sure. And I, and I looked at her foot and I kind of, I kind of assessed that she had a similar foot size. So I got them and, and I was lucky, but, but when she says, Oh, those are cool. What are those? She did that one once today, Air Max won the sixes for me. And that's not an easy shoe to find. And, and a, a friend of mine at Magnetism posted a size seven and, uh, and I jumped on it right away because she complimented me on it. And, and I said to her, like, I think she knows now that if she compliments me on something, uh, whether she's complimenting me as me wearing it or something that she may like, uh, she knows I'm going to start, start doing it. Last night, she, she was, her sister talked to her about 270 reacts. And I was like, 
what do you think of this? What is, and, you know, she doesn't need it. But, you know, when I'm in a mode where I'm trying not to buy anything, the itch is there, right? So, uh, yeah. <laughs> sorry, oh, yeah. I got a stack of kids' shoes behind me. But, oh, I wanted to tell you that uh, one thing, my son, he's, he's in grade, uh, he's in grade four, crazy, grade three, sorry. He's eight years old. And, you know, he, he can tie his shoes, but the, the time they want, they want the same thing, even at that age, they don't want kids taking time. They want something quick. Yeah. So if I got them the Harachis with the strap at the front and the strap at the back, they slide on nice. So if you come in, they're, they're not as easy to find as you think, but, uh, I gotta keep that in mind. I gotta, <laughs> that was the solution. That was the solution for him, the Harachis, because he's too big for Velcro. And I, I think he doesn't even want Velcro anymore, but, uh, the Harachis for now are, are solving his, his problem. Um, I wanted to also ask, you know, you were looking around, our listeners didn't see, but when you're looking at your wife's shoes, it seems like you, you were actually checking out her collection behind you. Where do you keep all your shoes? Um, so my, my daughter and I actually share a room. Um, I have, you know, essentially, you know, like a wall of sneakers in my, you know, in our spare bedroom. And we also keep all of the toys in there. So, you know, my, my daughter has like half and then I have the other half. Of the <laughs> nice. sneakers. And, uh, you know, we have like this, this, uh, <laughs> this pact of like, uh, you know, not touching the sneakers and she'll go in and she'll like, look at stuff and she'll be like, I really like those. or I really like these. or I really like those. Um, but she, she's really good about like not touching and she never, she's never really been like, Oh, I'm going to go like, mess with that shoes or anything which is um really cool and i'm you know i'm 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 happy that she has like that, that hands-off mentality sometimes um and uh you know my my wife you know has has like basically uh sort of like the main walk-in closet in her bedroom and uh she has you know just a huge stack of like shoes um and uh, she's actually told me not to buy her more shoes or not to buy her more sneakers. So yeah. um, if she says, like, if she says she likes something, I, I get the itch too, but like, I won't do it until she like explicit, explicitly tells me. And I think, I think the endorphin speeds were the last shoe that I bought her. Um, but like, I've bought her a ton of stuff and she hasn't like worn it. Like, her Air Jordan sixes, I think she's worn like twice, like the infrared sixes. And it kind of bugs me because I had a pair that I got and they were a little too small. So I ended up having to sell them. And I just haven't been able to go back and get a get another pair just because prices are just way too astronomical. But she has like this pristine like pair of sixes and like, you know, they're in like clear boxes sitting like right in front of her bed. And I'm kind of like wear them like wear them please wear them and she's like oh you know i did the same thing i i went to a running shoe because i was cut off i was told not to buy any more shoes so i bought her running shoes as as the you know oh of course you need running shoes to actually run in so but uh it's funny you mentioned shoes that she doesn't wear my wife has a pair of red 11s i got them for her at the last retro i got my daughter a pair too didn't get my son a pair because uh, again, that lacing issue, although he can lace them, I, I knew he wouldn't want to. I knew he would smash the back of them and they just break my heart. But uh, she hasn't been able to wear them because she wears usually wears her Jordans to Raptor games. And we, of course, have no Raptor games for a while. I think she wore them once or twice, but uh, but uh, they're there. They're they're safe in terms of uh, in terms of when she's ready. You know, it sounds like, you know, you're pretty under control in terms of but I wonder if you're 
you know, habits and consumption have changed at all since you had a partner or a child come into the picture? I know it's been, you know, it's been, it's been quite a few years, but does that, is that in your head, like in terms of spending, like thinking about the future or you kind of, you feel like you, you have a great, pretty good grasp of it? Um, it, it's actually funny because when my daughter was, was born, I kind of went the other way where I kind of went a little nuts, right? Like after she was born, maybe the year or two's, the year or two, um, after, after she was born and, you know, she was, she was born in 2015. So like, you know, that was the ASICS year, right? That was the 30th anniversary. That was you know, the, the, or that was the 25th anniversary. That was the year it kind of went crazy. Right. And so, you know, that year, the year after, um, the year after that, you know, was kind of like Diodora's year. And so, you know, I went a little nuts those, those years. And I felt like it was more about, you know, having a kid, you know, I think for a lot of people that defines them. And so I think, you know, there was a lot of, there was a lot of change for us when my daughter was born. You know, we bought a house. I started working at Yale all literally within the same year um, and then had a kid. And so I think, you know, for me really going hard into sneakers, the, the two years after that was just sort of my way of, I don't want to say redefining, but more of like, cementing that I wasn't just this dad right and just like like I think the the fear that a lot of us have is that we're just going to become this you know stereotypical father where you're you know you're driving a minivan you know you wear an apron on the weekends and flip burgers and you know or mowing the lawn and you know you have no sense of style and um you're not cool you're sort of like boring read the paper watch the news blah 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 right so like i think you know going hard into sneakers was something that sort of helped me um maintain this you know this david that wasn't that wasn't the dad that wasn't just the normal nine to five going to work coming home you know doing doing the dad things um and so you know i think my wife and i have talked about it multiple times about how you know we don't want our lives to be defined as us just being parents like i'm a parent but it doesn't define who I am. Like I am a parent plus I'm a sneaker, you know, collector plus I'm, you know, you know, involved with, you know, Ivy brand plus I, you know, write for Epsilon plus I do all these other things. Right. And so, you know, for me, sneakers was, was that after, after my daughter was born, it was just another way to help, you know, redefine myself and you know as the years have gone on yes i have sort of slowed down um i think a lot of that has to do with the you know sneaker culture itself but also you know i i i, I always try to still be an adult though you know like i i'm i'm addicted to sneakers i love sneakers you know there's every week there's something that i want but at the same time I'm also trying to maintain this sense of like, all right, like 
I'm not crazy. Like I'm not going to go out and pay resale for everything. And I don't need to have the newest of the new all the time. I just need to have something that is really cool that I like and I appreciate that I can wear that's going to, you know, match my fit for the day or the week or be a part of who I envision I am. Right. And so I think for me that has taken over rather than um, trying to placate myself by chasing the newest and the latest and the greatest. And so, you know, every week there's, like I said, there's something that, that I, that comes out that I want um, more than likely I'm not going to get it. And so, you know, I have to sort of pick my moments and pick my battles. And there are certain things that I, um, I sort of gravitate towards now, you know, um, you know, I, I work at the Yale School of Art. So there's a, there's a big sense of, there's a big sense of things having meaning and people putting together like um, something that is, is really, you know, largely defining of, of, of these of ideas all around us. And so, you know, for me, it's hard to show up to work wearing a Jordan one and feeling like, okay, like I'm very unoriginal, like I can do it, but I want to show up and feel like I'm contributing something. Like I, I was really thoughtful about the way that I put my outfit together or the shoes that I picked out or the shoes that I bought, you know? And so like that has become more of my driving force when I, when I go to buy a pair of sneakers or when I go to put something on, it's like, okay, what idea am I conveying about myself? What idea um, am I portraying to, you know, my colleagues or students or whatever it is? And, you know, I'm lucky enough to be able to wear sneakers to work. But I think that that has become like, you know, sneakers for me have become a way of like self-expression. And I think, you know, our generation who grew up, you know, into sneakers and with Jordan and things like that, like it has become, like for us, it was, yeah, we wanted to define ourselves, but like, as we grow, we're like, okay, I want to define myself, but I don't want to define myself as this thing that is like everyone else that bought a pair of sneakers this weekend. I want to be that one person that's different. I want to, sh like for me, it's like, I want to show that I thought about this, that who the pair that I bought fits in with who I am, not that I'm trying to fit in with who everybody else is. And so that has been sort of like my driving force with with purchasing sneakers, you know. Um, sorry, it's like a long tangent, but that's really how I think about like, you know, the pairs that I buy. And um, sometimes it's collaboration, sometimes it's not, sometimes it's a GR, you know, sometimes it's a regular pair of gray New Balances, you know, and then sometimes like, you know, like I'm going to throw on like my Nigel Sylvester Air for, you know, Air Jordan 1s, you know, and it's, you know, both of those things are innately who I am given the moment, but they all, you know, define my, define who I am in a different way that, that is outside of, I think, the traditional motivators of, you know, sneaker purchasers, you know, every week. Yeah, you know, or at I think, least I like to think so. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, maybe, um, 
maybe a lot of people don't think about it that way but if they if they did think about it a little deeper they probably they probably share some of that uh some of that motivation kind of internal type of thing i always thought it was it was when my kids were born i had more time i spent it at home but that sort of search for you know some individuality or or desire to to be part of something or just just the love of it and uh you know once you're sort of past that sort of i need all these sneakers and then fortunately and i know i know you've been doing this so i want to talk about it but uh, recently more for me finding a creative outlet to do something with uh with sneakers so um let's talk about the ivy brand i know it's not a it's not a sneaker brand but it's it's sounds like it's totally tied into everything you just talked about right yeah um i i i think like i'm a weird person because i i can't i can't just i can't just go to work and come home and like live the like regular life um my mind is just full of ideas and i always have to be doing something else um i think you know for me ivy was a about um you know after after i had my daughter maybe a couple years after that like things started getting crazy um just you know politically socially like there was just a lot of stuff going on and you know i think when you're not a parent you don't have to think to the future you don't have to think about um what kind of world we're go we're living in what kind of world is um you know being created or going to be left for your for your children and you know once you do have a child those are things that you think about right and so for me i've always been like very active and like all kinds of stuff you know like i was student council president i was you know um president of you know this club that club in college and high school and like it's always been like 10 different things that I got going on like I can never do one thing and so you know once my daughter was born you know I kind of slowed down um other than buying shoes but beyond that I was kind of like freaked out because I was waking up or like not sleeping at night thinking like okay like you know I have a daughter who's like you know half black and then you know a quarter spanish and a quarter white and like you know what dynamic is she going to experience growing up like what dynamic is she going to see in the world um is she going to feel empowered is she going to feel like you know depressed i don't i don't know like i you know it's also very different for me as a dad to have a daughter right so like i don't know what women go through and so Ivy was my way of sort of contributing to the world. Like I thought like okay, you know, I'm buying Kith or I'm buying, you know, extra butter or whoever and like what's behind that? Like yeah, it's a cool story that's great. Like I like you know the apparel or I like the stuff that I'm seeing, but at the same time like I want I want the brands that I buy to I don't know express some sort of interest or express some sort of stand behind the things that I think you know can make the world a better place and so for me that was Ivy it wasn't really about the apparel it was more about like feeling sort of helpless as a father and wanting to contribute to the world and make and you know make sure that like I was putting something out that 
you know, was fostering positive messages and, um, and in a, in a, in a side way, just, um, taking some of that money and putting it towards, you know, different charities and causes, you know, like very concerned about climate change, um, and, you know, what kind of things or what kind of world my, you know, my daughter will grow up in. And like, I remember, you know, thinking like, how devastating it would be that like my daughter might not know what like certain animals are because they're not going to exist. Um, like, and that was like a nightmare that I had one night. And so like, you know, I was like, Oh, I gotta like, I don't know, donate to the world wildlife fund. Like, you know, so like things like that were just, it was just like my cathartic, cathartic way of sort of, um, you know, creating something that just, it reached out and and tried to like mold the world in a certain way or at least create some sort of um feeling or sense that i was i was not just floating through life that i was helping to sort of create a better world um for my daughter and just you know in general like i didn't want to i didn't want to sit home and feel like oh things are getting out of hand and i'm just sitting here you know going to work nine to five and buying sneakers so um, you know, I had to, I, I, I thought about, you know, making t-shirts and I ended up doing that and, you know, it was cool. And I don't know, um, I don't know. It was, I think it was for me, it was more about like doing something and not feeling like helpless rather than it was about like trying to compete with anyone or do anything like that, you know? And I thought, you know, maybe other people will feel the same way. Yeah, certainly the apparel world these days is pretty competitive. But I admire, I admire um, what what you uh, what you're doing. I also want to talk about the writing because you obviously uh, obviously do a lot of that uh, specifically for Epsilon. So how did that come about? I just uh, I, I I think I started messaging with with. Oliver, Oliver Berg, who is, you know, sort of created Epsilon and, you know, they were looking for stories and for writers and wanted to do more content for their website. And, you know, I, you know, I have a bachelor's in creative writing. I've always like written on the side. So, you know, it seemed like something that I wanted to do, like, you know, I figured why not? So I just started writing like, little opinion pieces for him and you know we would throw them up on the website and I thought that was it was just again like you know I hate sitting around and feeling like I'm not contributing and that's another thing like I think with with just sneaker culture and the sneaker community in general like people always talk about you know sneaker culture or sneaker community but I've never I don't know I've never been a part of something where I didn't feel like I have to give something back. Like I have to do something too, right? I can't just buy and be a consumer in sneaker culture or in the sneaker community and consider myself a part of the community. For me, like, I don't, I don't think that that's, you know, I feel like there has to be some sort of give and take. So, um, you know, writing for Epsilon was sort of that is that, you know, it's, it's, it's again, it's like, you know, it's like your podcast, like the other podcasts, it's, you know, it's contributing in a way that isn't necessarily monetary, but also just, you know, 
interactive and, you know, bringing people together and, you know, bringing up ideas and thoughts and um, sharing. And I think, you know, I think to be a part of the community, you have to sort of share, um, you have to share something. And that was, that was where, where my writing sort of came in. So definitely, definitely, you know, sounds like you, you want to be creative at, at all times outside of, outside of work. So your latest, your latest venture, Run the World Discussions, where did that idea come from? Um, <laughs> it's kind of funny because like two years ago, um, a friend of mine, and I will, I won't, I won't like put him on blast, but like, we're, we're a part of like multiple chats together and like just sneaker sneaker chats together on whatsapp and um we got we were sort of getting annoyed because it was like it was very hype focused you know one of the main chats that we were in it was like all yeezys and and jordans and that was like every weekend it was like oh we're going for this and it's like you know it was like 60 70 percent of you know, the discussion was that, and then 25% was like sports, and then another 25% was just, you know, whatever, just like, you know, BS. But, you know, most of the time, if it was talking about sneakers, it was just like, hey, we're going to talk about what hype thing we're going to pursue. And then, you know, 50% of those people would just resell it or whatever if they could get it. And so that became very like boring and monotonous for us because we all kind of came together based on like basics and just um, running and things like that. And um, he was like, I wish there was a different chat. And so <laughs> I was like, well, I talk to like everyone. Like I'm not, I'm not shy on Instagram as anyone <laughs> probably knows. Like I will DM you, I will like send a message. I don't care. Like no one's too big, no one's too like, you know, um, off limits for me not to like message them about something. So I talked to a lot of people and what ended up happening was I just ended up creating a separate uh, sneaker chat and calling it run the world. And I pulled in, you know, a bunch of people from like literally all over the world. We have someone on every continent except Australia. So if you are from Australia and you want to be part of the chat, let me know. But we have someone from like, you know, we have people in Malaysia, um, we have a couple of people from the Netherlands, um, like Max Lowe, um, Oliver from, you know, Epsilon. We have, uh, Joshua Nichols, um, who's hundred bandits. He's from, you know, Vancouver and, you know, people from, you know, all across the country and the U S, um, like Ryan Swanger, we have um, Richie, uh, New Balance 365, who's, you know, he's like one of the biggest New Balance collectors um, in the world. And like, we have this really, really cool group of people that like talks about sneakers. And, you know, I think we're all mostly into runners. And so, you know, we've had some really like, I don't want to say heated, but really passionate like discussions, you know, and um, like uh, Rico Machado Torres is on and like, you know, we go back and forth on like tons of different topics. Like, you know, like I think the first, the first thing we recorded was the, the Dior one, but before 
we had that discussion live. We talked about it like in the chat. I mean, for like days. <laughs> and since it's like people all over the world, like people are waking up to like, you know, 300 messages. And then it's like going and going and going um, for like a day or two, right? And so like Josh was like, hey, we, we need to have some of these live. Like we need to like record some of these discussions like in, in real time and like share them with the world. and. And I was like, yeah, that'd be cool. Like we should. And, you know, I, like, I think there are very few podcasts and sneaker discussions or whatever, you know, that really are focused on like, you know, new balance ASICs, Saucony, um, or talk about them on a consistent basis. And that also aren't trying to, um, you know, cater to something else or try to have like some super, you know, some super guest on every week. And, you know, I think, you know, there was just like, I feel like that was like a little niche that we wanted to sort of broach. Um, I think, you know, you, you do it really well and there's a few others, but like, it's really, it's really rare. And so like, I feel like there's a lot of people that collect the sneakers or that feel the same way about sneakers that, you know, I do, or that a lot of people in our chat do. And so we wanted to sort of, you know, we want, we want to have discussions, we want to have dialogues. And so that was really something that sort of like Josh and I wanted to do. And so we started this and it, and it's been really great. And I think we had an episode last Tuesday and um, Vinny, who's in the chat and in the last one, asked me about like oh what's like your subscript like who's subscribing like how many people are watching and i'm like i have no idea <laughs> like i have no idea i don't care like because i get people on like we get people on and we talk about things and you can tell that like people just love and obviously with the pandemic like it's been really really you know distant for a lot of us especially people that don't live in like a traditional you know sneaker marketplace like new york city or la or chicago or something but like people will get on and they're really they're really just happy to be around like-minded people that are talking about sneakers and not feel like hey i'm being preached to by somebody from you know complex or whatever you know and so i think that sort of like offering people uh, sneaker, you know, sneaker fans, an outlet where we can talk and discuss, you know, different ideas and um, just come together around topics, I think is just, you know, something, something that was cool that we wanted to do. And it wasn't really about like subscription. It's not really about like bringing on like, you know, 50,000 followers or whatever. It's more just about like the community having a place where people can talk and not feel like, oh, I want to, you know, I'm really into sneakers, but I don't have anyone to talk to. Like, we want to, we want to, we want to talk to everyone. And like, you know, anyone is welcome to come on. Like, if you, you know, have a thought or an idea or you're into a certain brand, you know, I definitely, you know, we, we'd love to have you in the chat. And we also would love to, you know, have you on the podcast. Like, I just feel like, you know, there's, 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 there's a lot of like haves and have nots in the sneaker world. And I don't, I don't think that that's necessarily cool. I feel like everyone should have a voice. Everyone should feel like, oh yeah, I have 30 sneakers, you know, like, and they're all like ASICs, but I'm really into them. Like, you know, you should, 
you should be you should feel like part of the community and there should be a place where people like sort of like accept you and let you talk and share your thoughts and experiences and um maybe give you insights or ideas or whatever you know and so that was what run the world is about it's just about like letting everyone in um and sort of having like real life discussions with real life sneaker people um and that's why we had you on john <laughs> it was a great time and uh, i look for i hope to do it again and you know what you talked about in terms of you know the the structure or maybe lack thereof and, and i try to do that a little bit you know there's a lot of good podcasts a lot of great podcasts who who have a format and a structure and, and they they do the same thing every week and 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 that's great and people people like it as they should but you know what i like about what you're doing is that uh, on run the world is that you know if someone wants to go off and everyone loves what they're saying and, and then they just mesmerize that person's going to go off and they're going to talk for 10 minutes and no one's going to interrupt them. But at the same time, if someone has something to say to interrupt, they're going to wait, whoa, 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 hold up, hold up. You are way off. You know, like there's no, there's yeah. no, there's no one shy about it and everyone's respectful and it's kind of that open format, that discussion where, you know, it can be, I mean, you know, it's hard with multiple people talking and obviously we, we need moderators like you and things like that to, <laughs> to, to, to drive the, to steer the ship. But um, it's, it's really nice and refreshing that it's, it's different and it's sort of open and uh, you know, whatever way the conversation goes, just like real life. Right. Yeah. 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 And it's, and it's been pretty interesting to get together like people from, you know, different countries and like talk about like different, you know, we did, we did an episode, I think two weeks ago, and it was, you know, we had one person in the Netherlands and another person in LA. And like, that was, you know, it was like this 16 hour difference, you know, one's like sipping wine and the other one's getting up and having coffee. And, uh, you know, but we're both, we're all talking about like, you know, these underrated brands. And it was interesting to have, you know, that, that discussion about like, you know, like they shared so much in common and then also like didn't, didn't pursue certain things and felt the same way about like, oh, well, I don't really follow this brand because of X, Y, and Z. And it was like, yeah, me either, you know? And it's like, yeah, you guys are, ha you guys are on literally opposite sides of the planet. And so I thought that, you know, I think that that sort of dynamic of like bringing people together is like so cool. And it's so funny because a lot of people that we have on are like, you know, they're, I don't want to say they're like celebrities in their own right, but they sort of are, you know, like some of them are like, you know, oh, they're famous for, you know, they have 3000 followers, but they're famous for having, you know, all of one collection of, you know, this. And so like, we'll get on and people are like, oh, I just want to tell you that your, you know, your, your 991 collection is amazing. And I just had to tell you that, like, and it's so cool to have that level of appreciation for people that aren't, you know, that, that don't have a million dollars that aren't buying or getting shipped, you know, every, every new release every week, that these are people that work nine to five jobs, have kids, have to make time like everybody else, um, have to curate connections, um, have to figure out ways to get shoes, you know, in all the same ways. And, you know, it's cool because we've started to like create these connections where people are, are now able to share like, oh, well, I have this, I have that, um, or I've been looking for this, I've been looking for that. And they, they are able to help each other without having to go through like, 
the traditional resale market and you know just feeling like out you know out outside of the outside of the mainstream of of sneaker culture and so that i think is you know i think that is something that's been missing from the community in many different ways for a while um just that sort of like organic like people that really care about sneakers but people also that care about the other people in the culture and that want to you know not just be like a vulture off of them and like hey i you know oh i know you want this sneaker so i'm gonna buy it and then sell it to you for fifty dollars more or a hundred dollars more it's like oh i have this sneaker i know i'm not gonna wear it i wasn't really a big fan or it's been sitting in my closet for a year you can have it for retail or you can have it for you know under retail and so like i think I think those type of connections really mean the world to people just like sort of paying it forward and, um, you know, having, having a relationship that isn't based off of, you know, monetary, you know, one-upmanship is like, is like great, you know? Yeah. And I think obviously, you know, that's been happening locally for a long time, but, you know, social media, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or, or it's predecessors, Nike talk or whatever people, people helping each other and making those connections. But I think that's one of the, obviously and people have talked about this at length the great things about the pandemic if you want to find the silver lining is that you know in terms of creative content that people have been uh, able to do that there's been you know people from all around the world like you said someone having coffee and wine you know might not might not have been happening uh you know whether it's on zoom or wherever um were it not for the pandemic i know i you know like many people you know you have an idea in your head and you don't act on it i had thoughts of a podcast a couple of years ago and never moved on pre-pandemic and the vision I had was sitting in a studio in downtown Toronto and you know if it would be mostly local people if someone would come into town if Dave would come into town for for a basketball game or or a work event I would have him in the studio but it would never be you know have someone from the Netherlands or have someone from <laughs> Connecticut in the middle of the afternoon and have a conversation before we go pick up our kids from school. That, that wasn't never the, that was never the plan, but it, it, it really works. And, you know, um, you know, after the pandemic, I'm sure some things will change, but uh, I'm sure some things will, uh, will remain because they work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I never, you know, it's funny because I, the same thing for me, I was like, Oh, this will probably be something that we do on like, you know, a weekend, like Saturday at like eight o'clock, everybody's like relaxed and has some free time. And when they would normally go out because of the pandemic, they'll be sitting down and talking. And it turns out like all of the times, most of the times that we've met have been like during the week, like during the day and like people will take like their lunch break um, or take like a siesta and have, <laughs> and have like a sneaker conversation. And I'm like, that's kind of cool. You know, if I could, like I'm in Connecticut, I don't know, too many sneakerheads in Connecticut, let alone people that like are into the type of or the brands that I'm into. And so like, you know, having the ability to take a lunch break and like talk about sneakers with people that like like the same things, that's crazy. It's it seems insane, but it's also like I would love to do that every day or, you know, multiple times a week if I could. And now I kind of can and you know, so why not, right? Yeah, schedules are sort of out the bag. It's funny you mentioned that. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you have 
other things going on other than picking up your daughter today but you know i have an event tonight like a like a panel like a sneaker related panel and my you know i have it blocked off my wife's gonna put the kids to bed and so on but she doesn't know i'm doing this and you know she's totally supportive but if she knew that i was doing you know an hour and a half here and two hours later and then it's like what do you do and you're spending four hours on sneakers you know there's editing and all that it's just like too much time what about real work what about other things and it's kind of like you know it's good i have these afternoons at home being a stay-at-home dad and, and work from home so you know we'll, we'll see what happens in the future but it works out now uh dave thank you very much for coming on sneaker dads i i really admire your work i appreciate you including me around the world and i look forward to sharing more with you and uh consuming all your great content yeah no problem thanks for thanks for um taking the time um in the afternoon today to uh talk with me um i'm sure i'm sure even if your your wife did know she would kind of appreciate that we had such a meaningful discussion <laughs> so I thanks again I have a feeling she'd like you, Dave. Uh, you can find Dave Blackman at JustDave32, J-U-S-D-A-B-E-3 underscore two on Instagram. Make sure you find Run the World Discussions on various podcast platforms there on Instagram and also on YouTube. You can find me, John Ratner, on Twitter. Sneaker Dads is on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. We'll be back with another episode next week. Thanks for listening. Later.